0: Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and today we're talking about the NFC West. This is a podcast you don't have to worry about wearing headphones. You don't have to worry about wondering if the kids are around and might hear. We're just going to talk about the game. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Just the game. Today we're reviewing the NFC East, and what better place to start than the absolute dumpster fire that has become the Los Angeles Rams. Yet again, a team goes all in. They win the Super Bowl, unlike the Philadelphia Eagles. They win the Super Bowl. Now what? They went 5-12. and 12. They've released several of the players that were on their team that were supposed to be big names for them. They're gone. Bobby Wagner released. No more. What do we do? Where do we go? You know, the interesting debate that has to happen when you talk about the Los Angeles Rams is what Monica and I debate this weekend. Is it worth it to go all in? Jalen Ramsey, he just got traded to the Miami Dolphins for a third-round pick in this year's draft, and Hunter Long third-year tight end, who's basically done nothing of note. That's what Jalen Ramsey netted you. And there's even been talks that they're going to possibly trade Matt Stafford. They got Baker Mayfield, who's going to test free agency, And Mayfield is a guy that if you do trade Matt Stafford, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring back on a cheap deal. Cam Akers, he fell out of favor and then quickly was back in favor. Cooper Cup spent the majority of his season, unfortunately, on injured reserve with an injury. Allen Robinson, the second. That signing really didn't pan out the way that they'd hoped it would. Ben Skoranek had probably the best season of the wide receivers, uh, 39 receptions, 376 yards, no touchdowns. I only say the best because, yes, Cooper Cup had 75 receptions, 812 yards, six touchdowns. He also got hurt, though. So Ben Skoranek, once Cooper Cup went down, probably had the best season. Allen Robinson, you know, 33 receptions, (laughs) 339 yards, and three touchdowns. He played more games, more games than Ben Skoranek. By the way, uh, he was also granted the permission to seek a trade. Played 10 games. Let me correct this here. 10 games. I think I might have just made a, a boo-boo. He played 10 games, and Skoronic played a total of 14. Now, something to keep in mind there. 14 games for Skoronic means that he was on the field at some point or another for 14 of those games. It does not mean that he saw a bunch of targets. And the proof is in the pudding because his rookie season, he saw the field for 14 games. He had 11 catches on 20 targets, 133 yards, no touchdowns. This year he had 61 targets, 376 yards. I don't really know how to fix this team. And I, I, I honestly have wondered in my head if even Aaron Donald is going to ask for a trade. you remember the big discussion after they won the Super Bowl? Was is Aaron Donald going to retire? I remember he got that sack and he took his helmet off. He's running and he's pointing to his ring finger saying, give me my ring, give me my ring. And then there were a bunch of conversations. Is Aaron Donald going to retire? And the Los Angeles Rams said, we're running it back. We're going to win another Super Bowl. Matt Stafford got hurt. Cooper Cup got hurt. End of season. I don't know how to fix this team. Because even if you get Matthew Stafford back, even if you make a big splash and they somehow were able to require another playmaker to help Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Even if Hunter Long somehow becomes a stud tight end and a big target for Matthew Stafford to worry about throwing to, I I don't know that that's enough. They have holes on seemingly every single position in some place or another on the offensive line. Much of the defensive line, Leonard Floyd was released. All of these players struggling. So, in short, I've seen some people mocking the Los Angeles Rams as they're going back to the playoffs this year, and they're going to they're gonna make some damage. Guys, I don't know that I would be writing home about that. The free agency could change it. When we do our free agent recap, that could change. That could absolutely change. But I, I genuinely do not know that you're going to be able to call the Los Angeles Rams a playoff team. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals, another big, disappointing team. 4-13. Uh, and 13. Kyler Murray had to deal with a DeAndre Hopkins suspension for the first seven games, I think, of the season. Seven weeks he was out, and that definitely didn't help matters much. He did come back in. He had 64 receptions, 717 yards. Pretty respectable, only three touchdowns, and now they're telling him that he's been granted permission to seek a trade, and they're probably going to have to trade him because the big story is Kyler Murray. Y'all, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. There's a big discussion with Kyler Murray about maybe he plays more Call of Duty than he actually studies the playbook. He's gonna be 26 years old when the season starts, and he's gonna miss the first two months of the season. So you're talking September and October done. You get to November, you have eight weeks left, maybe ten, depending on the you know the January weeks. Eight weeks left of you know, are you in it? Are you not? I, I don't know. They just gave him a massive contract extension. And probably the weirdest thing of all that happened, their new head coach is a defensive-minded guy. And when they let go of Cliff Kingsbury, the statement was made, Kyler Murray is going to have a say in the new head coach that we hire. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator is staying behind at the end of the Super Bowl, to interview with the Arizona Cardinals because they played in Arizona at their stadium, he's staying behind to interview with the Arizona Cardinals brass to become a head coaching candidate, and then he just inexplicably gets the job. Makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean, you can you can say what you want about Eric Bieniemy calling the plays versus Andy recalling the plays, but I certainly think the enemy would have been a better fit there. I I don't get it. Frank Reich? They could have, you know, there there are names out there that could have been signed. You've tried the defensive-minded coach. It didn't work. Cliff Kingsbury? You know what the big complaint people were making about Cliff Kingsbury? I remember reading and hearing different shows talking about Cliff Kingsbury had the same problem he had at Texas Tech. He never adapted his game plan. And so what you saw in weeks one through eight were what you'd see in weeks nine through 16. Same place, same script. No wonder they struggled. So, Trace McSorley, Cole McCoy, they're going to have to man the ship David Blau even got some starting time last year. These are your guys you got to have. Man the ship and make the Arizona Cardinals a potential team. You know, to me, this hurts them in free agency. If I'm a guy that is kind of thinking I'm on my last legs, I'm in the last moments of my career, maybe i got two seasons left, I really want to win a Super Bowl, I'm not trusting the Cardinals to take that chance. Rondell Moore is your best wide receiver out of Greg Dortch now. And by the way, Rondell Moore, oh, Marquise Brown's there. My bad, Marquise Brown's there. Defensively, you lose J.J. Watt. You got a problem there. You you know Zayvon Collins was good. I really do hope, since it is a defensive minded team, can you guys let Isaiah Simmons actually play? I don't know what it is about Cliff Kingsbury, but he never wanted to see Isaiah Simmons out on the field. And somebody might say, well, he was just a tackle machine. That's what you need. Let Zayvon Collins be the dog. Let him be the big guy that gets all of the, the stops and the sacks and makes him look awesome as a player. And just let Simmons be the cleanup guy. Guarantee you, when they drafted him with the first pick, or the eighth pick in the first round in 2020, If you had told them then, hey, by the way, two seasons from now, you're barely going to play him, they would have thought you were crazy. And there were times where he just wasn't even playing. He'd start, and then they'd take him out. Give him a chance. I drafted him too high for him to just sit there. I traded him already, but still, he should get a chance to start. Buda Baker, there's a chance he might leave. Byron Murphy's a free agent, That a lot of holes. Good news, you got the number three overall pick. Bad news, you can't justify using a quarterback. Taking a quarterback with that pick, you really can't justify doing much of anything else. Good news, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter should both be on the board unless the Texans just completely shock everybody. Or the Panthers, I guess. You could replace J.J. Watt like that. You could replace Marcus Golden, who left in free agency, with a Will Anderson like that. But you're not going to replace Kyler Murray, not for this season. And you have to wonder if that will hurt him as a running quarterback in the next year. They've got a lot to worry about. A.J. Green and J.J. Watt retiring. They need some veterans. All right, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, here's an interesting thought. They've got the fifth overall pick thanks to the Denver Broncos. They have Drew Locke. That did not pan out. None of us really thought it would. They have Geno Smith. They re-signed him to a $105 million contract. He's going to be the starter, but they said that doesn't mean we're not taking a quarterback. They have K-9, Kenneth Walker III, at running back. Man, he he was everything that I thought he could be. He was my top-rated running back in last year's class. I liked Brees Hall, but I was almost sure Brees Hall was going to be drafted to a team that it just wouldn't work out for him. I do think the Jets ended up learning how to use him a lot better. But you see that sometimes in other years. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was drafted by the Chiefs, and then they never really figured out how to use him, so he just kind of went kaput, you know, you, you've got guys that happen like that where they you think, oh, it's a great fit, and then it just doesn't work. Josh Jacobs, for the first several years of his career, was kind of in that boat. Kenneth Walker, 228 attempts, 1,000 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. It was almost as if if this guy was on the field and he was going to play, he was going to score. Several games, several games that he scored. Played 15 games this year, but he really wasn't allowed to become the starter until a little bit later on in the season. But He he should have a big year, too. I think they'll lean on him a lot more. Rashad Penny is almost assuredly not going to get much of a look anymore from the Seattle Seahawks. Wide receivers, DK Metcalf, stud. I actually got to meet DK years ago. We were at Ole Miss for a, another event, and we were walking into a Froyo place. I looked over, and I was like, that's D.K. Metcalf. And my sister-in-law, not Monica, but Marissa, who lived on campus, went to school there, said, that's not D.K. Metcalf. And I walked over, and I was like, that is D.K. Metcalf. Well, to be fair to her, she was thinking about that big old picture of him at the Combine, before the Combine, I should say. It might have been Deering where he was just hulked out. And I walked over to him and I said, hey, DK? He said, yeah, man, what's up? I said, good luck on the draft. He said, I appreciate it. And I thought the Steelers might draft him, but we didn't. But DK Metcalf is is something else as a player. Second year in the league, um, not second year in the league, it's his fourth or fifth year now in the league, coming in, he has been spectacular. Uh, Every season he's gotten better, and you could argue he struggled at the quarterback position in some of his seasons because the whole let's let Russ cook thing that happened right about the time he got there, Russ never really cooked much for him. He's played in every game of his career. He's been the model of consistency. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Tyler Lockett's a guy that he's getting up there in age. It could be time for him to go. To another team it could be time for them to think about making a trade for somebody you know it wouldn't surprise me I mentioned on on one of the podcasts that maybe the Steelers would think about trading Deontay Johnson if that happened I could see the Seahawks being a good destination you know you get them to a, a quarterback you get them to a team there there's an established number one with DK you let Deontay work in the slot it makes sense Will Disley keeps eating into Noah Fant's time as a tight end. I, I think Noah Fant is getting dangerously close to bust category, uh, especially when you look at where he was drafted. You know, his first round, 20th overall pick, and he hasn't really done much in his career. Defensively. This is another team that I think they've got a really good defense. They're talking about bringing back Bobby Wagner. I kind of think that's interesting because Jordan Brooks, I felt, has really played his role very well. And Cody Barton was at times lightning in a bottle last year with the amount of tackles he got. Uh, You got Darrell Taylor in his third year. Shelby Harris still going strong. L.J. Collier, Quentin Jefferson, Al Woods, former Steeler, Uh, Boye Mafe. Second year coming up, I think he's going to be a decent player for them. But I think probably the biggest name on this list for me is going to be second year starting cornerback. Let me find his name to make sure I get it right. Where'd you go, bud? I saw you just a second ago. Ah, there you are, Tariq Woolen. You know when Tariq Woolen was drafted? The fifth round. Pick 153. Do you know how many picks Tariq Woolen had? Six. As a rookie, he's 6'4", 210 pounds. If Pete Carroll doesn't know how to do anything else in NFL scouting, he and his scouting department, they know how to pluck these corners out of nowhere. All the time. It happens all the time. And it's annoying because I've mentioned before, the Steelers aren't good at doing that. A lot of teams aren't going to do it, but the Chiefs and the Seahawks have seemingly been able to get the most out of players they've picked late in the draft. Spectacular. Tariq Woolen, fifth-round pick. What in the world is going to happen in year two for him when he's had even more time to learn and hone his craft? Seahawks went 9-8 and eight last year. And I'm not so sure that I see that record improving by much unless they make some pretty big splashes in free agency. If they were serious about spending some of their salary cap, if they were serious about going and getting some players, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to continue to invest in some offensive linemen, to invest in you know, maybe another defensive back, maybe Tremaine Edmonds instead of Jordan or Bobby Wagner. I know getting Bobby back would be a wonderful thing. I get it. But I'm not so sure that you should go after an older linebacker in a win-now window when you could lose Jordan Brooks in free agency a couple years from now. Signing Tremaine Edmonds, that kind of mitigates that loss potentially. But that brings us to probably the most injury-riddled team at the quarterback position I've seen in recent memory. The San Francisco... 49ers surprisingly they went 13 and 4 of course they made that big splash trade for Christian McCaffrey really kind of boosted their offense because McCaffrey wasn't going anywhere with the Panthers he comes over ends up with 1100 yards rushing eight touchdowns on the ground 4.7 average he was really a big boost for them and I do think if there's a place where Christian McCaffrey could continue his career for another you know, three to five years, it is in San Francisco because they're known for utilizing a backfield by committee. But the biggest question mark has to be quarterback. And I, I have to say, and I only say it because it's my gut, I say it because it's what I think is true, and I could be wrong, but I have to say, guys are not going to bench Trey Lance for Brock Purdy. It might happen. It it would be a cool story for Purdy if he took over the starting job and did it. But if Trey Lance is healthy, they've got to give him a year to start. You trade three first-round picks for this player. You got to start him. He's got to have a chance to prove that he can or can't. And people might say, well, he had two games. Guys, One of those games was in a monsoon where he went 13 of 28 for 164 yards and one interception. The other game, he was barely on the field. They didn't play him much because he got hurt almost immediately, like on the first or second drive. So let's kill the narrative that Trey Lance doesn't have what it takes. We haven't seen enough. We don't know. But that is going to be the biggest question mark, unfortunately, The second biggest question mark for me is Brock Purdy's elbow surgery that he had, expected to possibly be ready by the start of the season. The third biggest question is Debo Samuel's health, George Kittle's health, Elijah Mitchell's health. Can Brandon Ayuk take a step forward this year if those guys are hurt? I don't know. Defensively, they again they they've got. They're really good defensively. Like it, it's frustrating how good they are defensively. They're going to lose as ease all all Shahir probably. They've got Dre Greenlaw. They've got Fred Warner. Fred Warner makes me sick. Guy's such a good player, and it makes me sick in part because the Steelers could have drafted him in 2018 and we just didn't. Uh, you know, we seem to miss on those guys a lot. We, we've struggled to replace linebackers, but could you have imagined, could you have imagined, could you have imagined Fred Warner in a Steelers jersey? Come on. That would be amazing. Same with Roquan Smith, but we'll get into that another day. They've got a lot of great players defensively. It's the biggest strength that they have on their team. Nick Bosa. I mean, that guy last year was a man possessed. 18 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. He's just spectacular. I mean, they really, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing defensively. What needs to change? You got to plug some holes. You're going to lose a couple of people in free agency. And you don't really have an incredible draft spot. You know, i got to pull this up because I wasn't planning to talk about it. Um, They do have the most compensatory selections. They have 11 picks projected in this upcoming draft. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, I don't I believe they're only picking beginning in the third round uh, because they sent their second, third, and fourth picks to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey. So you don't have a first round pick. You got to make a big splash in free agency. That's, that's how you're going to win. But they do have three third round picks, they have two, uh, three fifth round picks, a sixth, and four seventh round picks. What I know about the 49ers is they almost always seem to find a way to make those later picks thrive. And I think it's why they were so comfortable getting rid of their second, third, and fourth picks and giving them to Carolina. I think it's why they were so comfortable giving up three first-round picks for Trey Lance. Why not? Why shouldn't we do that? Do I think the 49ers are guaranteed to be the team to beat next year in their division? I do. do. The Cardinals, I think, are going to be a non-factor. The Rams are going to basically be a non-factor. That leaves the Seahawks and the Niners. Some really great games throughout history of the Pete Carroll era have been played against the San Francisco 49ers. I think we could be in for a few more. Seattle can instantly get better with their multiple picks in the first couple of rounds. Do you think the 49ers are going to have to make a splash in free agency? Go get a guy like Orlando Brown. Protect Trey Lance. Give him a chance. I do think, I'll say this and then we'll close it out. I do think you got to stop running Trey Lance. Let him just kind of feel it out. Stop with the option. Stop with all you have Christian McCaffrey now. Let him be your bell cow. You have Elijah Mitchell now, let him be a bell cow. Let Trey Lance just throw the ball. Keep him upright. You saw what happened when they were down to their last quarterback. Christian McCaffrey played QB for a minute, and then they put in Brock Purdy, and they said, I guess just hand it off the rest of the game. Yikes. Well, that's been the NFC West. Next time we are together, there's only one more NFC team to cover, And it's the team that has quite a lot going on, the NFC North. Until then, take care.